How you guys doing today? You're like, I'm a little tired. I lost an hour of sleep. I understand. Glad you guys are with us. Thanks for joining us today. And so it's such a great day today. And I'm excited about this last installment of our His Queen, Her King message series. We're talking today to singles, but not just singles, because this imply, applies really to all of us. In fact, I think you're going to go, wait, I got something out of that. And it was for singles today. Because really we're talking today about just how to be a better person. And so that's really what we want to unpack today. And so, because I do believe that when singles tell me, man, I'm just looking for my, my queen, my king, I always ask them, are you becoming the queen or king you should be? Because that's really the key ingredient. And so how do we become that? We're going to unpack that today. Glad you guys are with us today. I heard about this guy. His name was Thomas. Thomas was 32, and he was still single. And a friend of, a friend of his came up to him and said, hey, Thomas, why are you still single? He said, well, you know, I meet these great girls, and I bring them home to my mom and my dad, and my mom always hates them. He's like, oh, I got the solution for that, Thomas. Just go find a girl just like your mom and bring her home. He said, I did, and my dad hated her. I don't understand. <laughs> so... Today, I want to talk about how do you do the whole dating thing. Hey, I want to say, first of all, I want to thank all of you for coming to the 25th party. What a great time that was this last Tuesday. It was awesome. Such a blessing. I was talking to Pastor Ed afterwards. You came and spoke. He did, was he not hilarious, by the way? Isn't Pastor Ed incredibly talented guy? He's so, he's like, that guy can make more noises with his mouth. I don't know how he does it, but he's incredible. Great friend, dear friend. Did such a a fabulous job. He said, but he left here and he kept telling me, man, your church is amazing. I want to steal all these ideas. And that's coming from an amazing pastor, an incredible church. So I just want to say hats off to you and hats off to my wife. She led that whole party, did an amazing job, babe. Great job. It was really special. It really was. So I'm excited today to talk about uh, advice for singles or really just how to be a better person. And the first thing you should know about that is that, is that we should pursue God first. And so I think sometimes singles get so caught up in trying to find the one when the first of all, the one is Jesus. That's the one we should be finding and focusing on first. You're like, yeah. Okay. You're in church. Jesus is kind of the thing. Let's go. Let's go. Slap, just slap the person next to you. Say, wake up. Just tell them right now. Slap them appropriately, of course, you know, but. Yeah, sure. But it's really true. Scripture says this in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. What's that mean? Don't be worried about who am I going to marry, who am I going to date, am I going to find the right person. Don't be anxious about that. Don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is a day for its own trouble. So you got enough to deal with today. Quit worrying about Tomorrow. So the very first thing this tells us is to pursue God first, put him first. You know, this is an international issue. I was preaching on this in Nepal in January, and I said, who's single? Stand up. And half the room stood up. I was surprised. I was like, oh, we got a lot more singles than I thought. I said, all the singles come up here. We had this whole group of young people all come up here. All these singles were, were all lined up. I said, let's put guys over here, girls over here. And I said, let's say that guy over there in the middle, let's say he's God. And so I grabbed one young man. I said, okay, now I want you to take a step towards God. He did. I ran over here to the girls. Okay, okay, come here, come here, come here. I said, now you take a step towards God. And she took a step towards God. Okay, and you take a step towards God. And you say, and I said, see how you're coming closer together? You don't even realize it, but you're both pursuing God. And in that pursuit, you eventually, God will allow you to meet. So just pursue the Lord. If you will do this, God will take care of the rest. Pursue God first. But you say, yeah, but pastor, that sounds great, but I'm not in a target-rich environment. There's not a lot of godly singles out there. That's, that's kind of an issue, you know. Singles, good singles are like parking spots. All the good ones are taken, and the rest are handicapped. So what do I do? <laughs> so 
I'm going to get some emails for that. It's okay. <laughs> what do you do if you're not in a target-rich environment, right? Well, let me just ask you, how many do you need? You need one. Some guys are like, three, four, no, you need one, right? You, you just need one. And so if God can raise Christ from the dead, you tell me he can't bring you one person? You tell me he can't do that? Do we trust God or not? He can handle this. He runs the universe. He's got you covered. And he hasn't forgotten. He hasn't forgotten you. I promise you that. You can trust the Lord. I remember when I was in, in college dating around and that kind of was like, man, I just can't find the right girl. And I kept getting classes with the same girl again and again. And uh, I'm, I mean, she was really cute, but you know, I dated her, uh, her, her roommate. I was like, I can't, can't do that. I mean, I dated a roommate like a year ago, so it's not going to happen, you know. But we just kept getting to know each other and sitting by each other. And she was a really strong Christian. She was really cute. And we were just talking. And the more I talked to her, I was like, man, she's not just cute. She is awesome. And, and eventually, uh, I, I remember we got a class, a, a night class together, and, you know, the campus is really big. And so I was like, maybe I should walk you home just to make sure you're safe. And that's honestly my entire intentions were that. And so I walked her home. But on the way, we just get to know each other every time we take this class, and we'd, we'd walk, I'd walk her home. I had no idea that that would one day be my wife. And so God just has a way of putting you together. He really does. So, I mean, she had no choice. I was going to stalk her after that either way. So it's Okay. It's in the Bible. The Bible says, I will pursue thee closely. It says that. So it's a stalker's favorite verse. So anyways, Matthew 6.33 has another implication, though. It says, seek first the kingdom. Notice it didn't say seek the kingdom. It's very important. Singles a lot of times tell me, well, I'm seeking the Lord, and I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do, but I'm just, no, one's, no one's coming across my path. Like, what's the deal? And my next question is, are you seeking anything else? You say, well, the Bible says seek first the kingdom. Right. What are you seeking second? What are you seeking Third. What are you seeking for? See, we forget this. We were like, I want someone who's awesome. They got it going on and they're educated and sharp and a great career and they're an investor and they're, they're good with their money and their time. And I'm like, that's awesome. Does that sound like you? Oh, well, I mean, no, I'm just kind of waiting. <laughs> so then they're going to come along and meet you and be like, what are you doing? Are you guys going, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for you. <laughs> and then they're going to keep on going. Because people want someone running at their pace. So if you want someone that's got it going on and going somewhere, you get it going on and get going somewhere. Does that make sense? Because you don't attract who you want, you attract who you are. So I want to challenge you to become that person. And if you'll do that, God will open the doors for this person in your life. One time I was talking to my son, Mason, he was 18, and uh, he'd been saving up money all of his uh, little young, young life at that point. And he, I, I was shocked how much money he'd saved. And so he had enough that he want, He said, Dad, can I invest in this money with you, and can we do a flip, like flip a house together? I was like, you know, I don't think most 18-year-old boys are trying to flip a house. But I was like, I don't want to squelch this. This is awesome. I said, absolutely, let's do that. So we did. We flipped the house together and made some pretty good money together. But here's the whole point. He came to me, and he said, Dad, I really want to flip houses and own real estate. Uh, and he goes, but I was thinking about that. If I'm busy doing that, you know, how am I going to have time to find the right girl? I was like, son, if you're busy pursuing flipping houses and buying real estate, the right girl will find you. Trust me. <laughs> the point is, is that when you're pursuing things, it's attractive. When you're pursuing things, God's attractive. Not only do we need to pursue God, number one, we need to also pursue other life-enhancing goals. Did you catch that? Pursue other life-enhancing goals. And also, you, you need to address glaring weaknesses at this stage of your life. And so this is really important because both these things uh, can help or hinder you. If you're moving towards life-enhancing goals, what does that mean? Uh, how about this? Education. Uh, th that's important uh, because, you know what, before God gave Adam Eve, he gave Adam a job. But he didn't just have any job. He had a job to name all the species, all the species of the earth. That is a big job. 
He was supposed to run the garden and name all the species at the same time. He was a busy guy. And so God had him doing the right things. Then he brought him Eve. He brought him. He didn't go looking for it. He brought, God brought him Eve. And so I just want to challenge you to have some life-enhancing goals. Maybe it's not formal education. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's to get educated in something that's marketable that you can make a good living at. And so this doesn't mean you have to have an official piece of paper, but are you developing your mind? Are you becoming good at something? I want to challenge you to do that. Scripture says this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. What's the Spirit of God leading you to do next? Be pursuing those things. It says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. I mean, how many singles are just doing this all day? Just like, oh, look at their life and look at their life. And oh, wow, she's so pretty. And oh, he's so amazing. And oh, wow, look, they're so rich. And, and we're just, we're envying other people's life and not living our own. So I want to challenge you, if you'll begin pursuing your own goals... If you'll begin to do seek God first, and then second off, have goal this, goal this, goal that, all these things you're going for, if you'll do that, let me tell you something, your depression will go away. You know why? You're too busy to be depressed. You're too busy doing the things of God. So I want to challenge you, we all have down moments, but don't stay down. Well, what's the window on that, Pastor? About 24 hours. But I went through a bad breakup, I'll give you a week. Then get up and get going. Anything longer in the week, you're just choosing to stay and wallow in it. Get up and get going. Oh, but it's so much harder because we were practically married. Oh, well, that's a problem. This is why you don't sleep together. Because when you do that, it takes longer to get over someone. This is why God, you know, God didn't just give us laws to frustrate you. He gave you his laws to protect you. So I want to challenge you to start dating differently then. So it's not so incredibly difficult to break it off with someone who you know is not right. But because you got all connected emotionally and physically, it's like, this is so horrible. Right. It's like a divorce. So I want to challenge you to step back, learn about this person, but you know, learn about the person, not learn about the person's body. And so we just jump in the sack when God says not to do that for a reason. And so I just want to challenge you to, to begin to think differently, pursue God first, pursue life-enhancing goals next. Now here's the big verse. We've all used this one with singles all the time. You've probably heard it a hundred times, but I want to show you something about it maybe you didn't know. 2 Corinthians 6 says, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from the, mi from the midst and be separate. What does that mean? It means you should be separate from the world. If you're dating like the world, you're going to get the world's results. If you begin to do it God's way, you'll get godly results. I'm going to show you at the end of the message how to do it God's way. But I want to challenge you to think differently. You should only be dating Christians, but this goes beyond that. It says don't be unequally yoked is the word in another translation. What does the word yoked mean? That's, that's a term, uh, that's, that's a term, agrarian term. They would take a yoke. It's a big piece of wood with two cutouts in it, and they would put it together, and it would, they would tie oxen together, two ox. And this way they would walk together. But when you're unequally yoked, one oxen's pulling the other one along or dragging them down. They're unequally yoked. And so if you're having to pull someone to come to church, pull someone to be spiritual, you're unequally yoked. If you have to pull back and say, whoa, let's not go there physically. Whoa, what are we doing here? You're unequally yoked. So I want to challenge you. That's not the one. That's not it. Well, me and my husband, or no, not husband, sorry. Me and my boyfriend, we're, we're, we're having problems. Oh, you know what the answer to that is? A breakup. That's the answer. What are you doing? Th that, that's not a sign to work it out. That's crazy. If you are this in love, you're, this is supposed to be the height of your emotion. You're having problems? That's, that's not the one. Well, we, we've been together for a really long time. So length of mistake means it's not a mistake. You're just, you're wasting your time and you're wasting their time. 
So I want to encourage you that that really is not God's plan for your life. And so you want to be equally yoked and be going at the same pace, going at the same pace with education, going at the same pace in your career path, going at the same pace with your goals, going at the same pace spiritually, going at the same pace. You see where I'm going here? This is a lot more than just them being a Christian. It goes way beyond that. And some of you, you, you dated in the world for so long and you finally left the club, left the bar, and started coming to the church. And the first Christian you meet, you're like, that's the one, they're so amazing. They seem incredible because of where you were before. So don't jump to the first, you, you jumped ponds. And so you're in a new pond, you're like, all the fresh, all the fish are fresh. <laughs> they all seem incredible, right? But that doesn't mean you just jump to the first one. This is what I say, maybe you've gone through a bad breakup with someone who really was a godly person. It's okay. Just, that may not be the one, but you know what they are? They're your new standard. There were girls today in high school that were godly. And you know what I said? God, that's my standard. I'm never going to go below that. And then one day I met Jessica, and she blew them out of the water. But you should have a standard. So even if it didn't work out with that person, maybe God just let them be a standard for you. Does that make sense? And I know my wife had standards like that, too. She had a couple of guys that she dated that were, of course, way below me. I mean, of course. <laughs> But the point is, is that we need that standard. Does that make sense? So sometimes we're like, but I thought this is the one. God's like, this is your standard. And I'll lead you to who I have for you. And so trust the Lord with that. But I just want to encourage you that all is not lost because that one didn't work out. That's okay. But I want to tell you quickly three things you can't fake. If you're dating, uh, these are three things you just can't fake. Because I can tell you right now, you can fake a Christian life. If you're, if you're in the dating world today, you are probably already have learned that. Someone can say all the right terms. They have enough JPMs, Jesus per minute. Oh, Jesus this, oh, Jesus that. In fact, honestly, the thicker that talk, the more I think it's fake. If someone's like, praise the Lord and God is good and blah, 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 but it's everything is that, I'm like, oh, okay. No one talks like that all the time, right? And so uh, just, just be careful there. But here's three things you can't fake. Because you can fake looking devout. You can fake Christianity. You, you really can. And I know, I know people that, that they'll have on their Instagram a verse and they'll look all holy, and they sleep with everyone they date. So that does not mean that you're holy, okay? And so three things you can't fake. The first one um, is serving. Can't fake it. You either do it or you don't. I've said this before. Ladies, if you won't serve in God's house, he ain't going to serve in your house. So I would only date someone who's serving in church. Not just attending a church, serving in the church. That's the next level. You'll, well, that's hard to find. Exactly. There's only one you're looking for. We don't need hundreds. We don't need thousands. We need one. So the best place to find someone is you start serving, and then you come along someone else's serving, and ah, oh, voila, look at that. Look how that worked. I mean, I can always tell the single greeters, you know, they're at the door, and they're like, welcome to Church Unlimited. <laughs> right this way. All the guys are like, the auditorium's that way. <laughs> Get involved in the church. It is a game changer, I promise you. <laughs> That's actually happened. Okay, so... <laughs> Start serving. As Ed Young says, you're the serving or you're swerving. I love that. It's great. So true. Second thing you can't fake is you can't fake tithing. You either tithe or you don't. And if you say, hey, do you tithe? Someone you're interested in dating, uh, when, you, when you ask that question, if they say, what's that? Then, yeah, they don't tithe. <laughs> and I wouldn't ask them how much they give, but I would say, what percentage do you give? Because if they give, you know, 1% or 2%, that's not tithing. And so you say, Bill, what does that have to do with dating? Come on, you give me everything. Let me tell you why. For someone to tithe, especially in your early in your career, or you don't even have a career yet, you're like, you're doing those college jobs, which you've all done. I mean, you need every penny you make. So the tithe, ooh, oh, ooh, this is, oh, okay, God, here you go. It's a commitment, is it not? 
And so, by the way, 10% is a commitment at every level. And anyways, he's like, well, 10% is just enough to, to hurt. It's enough to, to require sacrifice, right? But here's my challenge for you. If they'll tithe, that's a good sign. Here's why. Because they're doing something for God that's inconvenient. It's not easy that no one knows about, but they know they're doing it. So if they're tithing, that's a sign of a true heart towards God. Let me tell you why that matters. Because there's going to be a day, this may surprise you, there's going to be a day when your spouse is living with you and you're not real crazy about you. There's going to be a day when you're frustrating them, when things aren't going well. And you better hope that they have that same character to keep tithing when things were tight, to say, I'm going to stay with this and love you because I love God. Does that make sense? So there is a character quality that comes with serving and with tithing. The last thing you can't fake is you can't fake purity. You either are or you aren't. Just want to challenge you. I'm not saying you're not going to struggle. I know it's real. But I want to, I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, when Jessica and I were dating, I mean, that girl could not keep her hands off me. I was like, stop. <laughs> so anyways, the point is this. It is hard because you're in love. I totally get it. God made you to be crazy about someone. That's a good thing. But I want to challenge you with this notion when you start dating someone, the first thing to do is want to get physical. That's a bad sign. And so sometimes it's a sign that you're beautiful. Sometimes it's a sign that they're shallow. And it may be a sign of both. So I want to challenge you. Don't jump in the sack. God doesn't want us to do it that way. And so we are, we are generous with our bodies and selfish with our money. Singles, we should be generous with our money and selfish with our bodies. I want to challenge you to begin to think differently. So those are just three litmus tests. Let me keep going. Is this, is this helping anybody today, I hope? I hope it is. I really do. Now, this next point may be a bit of a shock to the system, but it's, it's biblical. It's right out of God's word. And I challenge you to study to prove me wrong. I mean it sincerely. This is so, so countercultural, we're going to say next. But this is how, remember we said be set apart. God's word says that. This is how we live completely. This is how we date completely opposite of the world. Here it is. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Okay, most of us get there. We're like, yeah, of course, I'm under 18, do their mom and dad. Say, I, I get it, Pastor, not a problem, right? Oh, no, no, no. Then it says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Now, let's flip that coin over. What does it also mean? It also means if you don't honor your, honor your father and mother, you're going to have a short, miserable life. Ouch. Who wants to sign up for that? Not me. I'd rather have a long, happy life than a short, miserable life. And it all comes down to whether I honor my parents or dishonor my parents. What does honor mean? It means obeying means doing what they tell you to do. Honoring means doing what you know they want. That's another level. So I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound crazy. One of the best ways to protect your dating life and lead to a good marriage is to bring your parents and your brothers and sisters into your dating life. And some of you are like, Okay, Pastor Bill's smoking crack. He's on something. There's no way. <laughs> so here's what I mean. Why don't you let your mom and dad take a look at your Insta? Why don't you let your mom and dad look at what's going on on Snapchat? You're like, oh, I could not let them. What are you sending? What are you, what are you, what are you texting? What are you writing there? What's, what's going on? What are you sending or receiving? I mean, if you're honoring God, there shouldn't be a problem. Well, but that's personal stuff. I, I know it's personal stuff, and your family's pretty personal. You live with them. They raised you. Some of you are like, this is crazy talk, Pastor. You don't even know what you're talking about. I do, I promise you. Let me show you a couple of scriptures on this. It says in Proverbs, uh, well, hold on, let me read another scripture. Let me read Song of Solomon first. It says this. This is the, the, the woman talking about her lover who she's in love with, and this is, this is the romance uh, book of the Bible in, in, in the Bible. In the, the romance book in the Bible, sorry. It says this. Don't stare at me. 
just because the sun has darkened my skin. This is the girl talking. My brothers were angry with me. They made me work in the vineyard, and so I neglected my complexion. What's she saying? She's saying, hey, you know what? I know I got this tan, but it wasn't because I was laying out. It's because I'm working really She probably had kind of a farmer's tan going on, not really attractive, right? She's probably like, I, I, this is not that good looking. And it's because my brothers were mean to me. They made me work in the family business. What were these brothers really doing? I'll tell you what the brothers are doing. And every older brother knows this. They were saying, ah, you good over in the family business. Boys, get out of here. Keep moving. Keep moving. This one's not available. That's a good brother, right? My, my daughter has two older brothers. Let me tell you something. You don't want to mess with Sophie Cornelius. Have you met Mason or Cole Cornelius? These are not small guys. I mean, you do not want to cross them. And I love how... It's so funny because they will pick on her ruthlessly like brothers do. But then if someone messes with her, oh, they will mess with you. They'll mess you up. I'm telling you, they may be Christians, but you'll be going to the hospital. I'm not going to, I'm just telling you right now. Like they're big dudes. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, kind of not because they're, they're, they're bold. They're like, don't you mess with my sister. They're like, we'll pick on her, but you can't. Isn't that how it works with brothers and sisters, right? And so, because you want to protect them, right? What I'm trying to say is that your family unit, when it's healthy, and I know some of you don't have a healthy family. I get that. So that there are exceptions to this rule, but there are very few. Your mom and your dad, Christian or not, have wisdom. I mean, even if they're not Christians, again, if they're smoking crack, that's different. Like, literally, they're doing that. Okay, I'll give you that. But if your mom and dad care for you, they see things in you, and they definitely see things in them the person you're dating, that you may not see. Because you're blinded by emotion. They're not. Your brothers, your sisters, are not blinded by emotion. They see it. So I just want to encourage you that this is so important. And again, it's, it's countercultural. But number, number three is don't ignore your family's take on a future mate. They have a lot to say about this. You ignore that at your own peril. And the principle, even if you say my family's messed up, the principle is a Christian community. And so if your parents aren't that way, I bet God's given you godly people in your life through friends and acquaintances that you could check with them and say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Let them ask the, the probing questions, and they can really steer you clear of the wrong person. Does that make sense? So I want to challenge you, don't ignore this advice. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin. You're dating all the time, it'll mess you up. That's what that just said. A man of many companions comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Why would it say closer than a brother? Because a brother will tell you things no one else will tell you. Isn't that true? Siblings will do that, right? My sister, one day she comes up and she's like, hey, you're getting fat. I was like, good to see you too. She's like, yeah, you need to like get the weight off. You're a little pudgy. I was like, are you serious right now? You know what? That's what's great about family though, is that they will tell you things no one else will tell you. They're not offended. Like they'll offend you and they don't care. This, when it comes to dating, is what we need and what we're missing. So all your little friend group will all see something they don't like in who you're dating, but they'll be like, well, I'm not going to say it. You can say it. I'm not going to say it. That's a problem. That's not a blessing. And so it jacks you up. And then guess what? When you finally break up after a big mess, you're like, well, we all saw it. Oh, well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> and so because we're scared to let people know, and this leads me to another uh, simple thing I want to tell you. you got to fear God more than fearing a breakup. If you are consumed in a breakup, then you have become more fearful of a person not being in your life than being fearful of God not blessing your life. I want to challenge you that I've been brokenhearted too. I, I get it. But I did have to make a choice at one point. I realized, like, I have to get myself out of this funk and realize that God has a plan for my life. God's not done with me. I thought that was the one. I thought this is it. And then it wasn't. But God is still God. He's got you. So I want to challenge you with this notion 
Don't be fearful of a breakup. And by the way, if breakups are, are insanely difficult for you, you gave your heart too quick. You're not married to that person. So if you're just like, I have to be with this one, that's not even healthy for anyone. Does that make sense? So I, I just, I see young I see high school students talking about, is this the one for me to marry? I'm like, you are 15. <laughs> and so I, I know, I get it. When I was 15, I thought, I thought all those things too. But you have to give yourself some distance. And this is why your walk with God is, has got to be primary because everyone is secondary to that. So I just want to challenge you to think differently. So what do we do? Let me, give, let, me, let me get this to this quickly. So don't ignore your family's take on the future mate. They really can help protect you. I promise you. And so, okay, and then the last one is this. Quit playing games. There's a huge one singles. Quit playing games. Fill your conversations and your dates with meaningful conversations. Then examine the fruit. I don't mean their fruit. No, don't examine that. Don't examine their fruit. <laughs> I mean the spiritual fruit. I know that like there's all kind of fruit that means stuff now. I don't mean any of that. What do we mean by that? We mean the results in their life. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Examine the fruit. Here's some fruit you can examine in your own life. Uh, just let me mention a couple. Let me just ask you some of your own fruit. Here we go. Here's a couple questions for you. Do you have a career job? Do they have a career job? That's not just a job. It's a career job. Is it going somewhere? Can they support a family? Then what are you talking about having family for? They can't support that. And so how about this one? Do you have some kind of marketability to create a large enough income to support your family? Right? So you got to increase that. How about this? Are you in good physical shape? Oh, I can't believe you'd bring that up. So offensive. You know, God gave us all bodies. He did. I'm not asking you to try to look like some kind of supermodel. Not everyone looks like Pastor Bill. <laughs> but what we're saying is present the best you. If you are not taking care of your health, how are you going to take care of someone else? These are simple things that matter. They do matter. Not to mention your own self-confidence. It will affect your confidence. It will, people, surprise, surprise, people are out of shape. Also, many of them also depressed. These things go together. So I just want to challenge you. Take care of yourself. Are you healthy emotionally? So if you're a mess emotionally, why are you even considering trying to find someone else? In fact, you like attracts like, so you're going to get some emotionally jacked up person that meets another emotionally jacked up person and you get together. How do you think that's going to go? It's going to be a disaster. And this happens every day. So I want to challenge you to pull out of that mess right now. Are you struggling with any potential addictions? This is a huge one. And I'm not just talking about the most obvious ones, which are what? Porn. Uh, the most obvious is drugs, alcohol. Those are huge addictions. How about love addiction? There's one. Do you have to be in a relationship? That's a masked way of saying, I have a love addiction. Are you in love with the idea of being in love? And you're just trying to find the right person that fit what you want? Like you're the Lego piece I'm missing, we just plug you in to the dream I have that I've been dreaming about and fantasizing about all this kind of stuff. It's not healthy, guys. It's not. Here's some other addictions you don't really realize that most of us have. How about screens? Are you staring at a screen constantly? How many times you check your phone? Your phone will tell you how many times now, and it will be absurd when you see how many times. How about this? Are you staying up all night playing video games? Are you up all night on your phone? Those are addictions, straight up. The people that created the slot machines in Vegas, those same engineers are hired by Silicon Valley to get you just as hooked. 
So let me just, let me just ask you, can you self-regulate? You know what that means? Can you get up in the morning and get to class on time? Can you get up in the morning and go to work on time? If you can't do that, why are you looking for a marital relationship? Boy, it got quiet in here. Guys, we have to learn to self-regulate. Regulate your hours. Go to bed on time. Get up on time. Get your job done. Those things matter. You see, you don't go to class because you just love education. I don't know anyone like that. You go to class because you love who you're going to, your future. You say, I want to take care of someone so it's worth putting in the time now so that one day I can take care of someone. Does that make sense? So we have to think differently about those things. Okay, quit playing games. And then the last thing I want to shift gears to is this. What is dating? Dating is data. That's where the word comes from. Dating is, is, is from data. What's data? Information. I need data on this person to see if this is someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. But normally we, we don't have data. We just get digits. Give me digits. Send me photos. I just want data on what's under the hood. We don't ever actually get to know this person. Instead, we just go straight to sex or, 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 or in, in Christian circles because we think we're so spiritual, we just make out like insane numbers of hours. I really know this person in between tonguing them for hours. And then we wonder why we don't know this person. So that's really not a whole lot better. Does that make sense? I'm going to be in so much trouble for singing tonguing. I'm so sorry, honey. I know you're in the front row. I'm in trouble already. So I'm just kidding. Here's the point, guys. I want to challenge you to do something we don't even talk about. Be friends first. Get to know them. In fact, here's the order of what I would do. I'm going to now shift from being a pastor to being a father. Here's what I literally taught my own kids to do. Here's what I would teach you too. Date Jesus for one year. That means no dates for one year. And then on top of that, no talking with anyone online for a year. Delete all your dating apps. They're all crap, all of them. Even, I mean, the Christian ones, they're still hookup apps. We just say, Jesus, 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 let's take our clothes off. It's still crap. I'm not going to lie. Guys, it's true. And if you're in the dating world, you should already know this. You probably already found out the hard way. Delete them. And here's what I would do. Date Jesus for a year. Then here's the next thing I would do is I'd commit to that. Second thing I would do, start serving. Oh, and by dating Jesus for a year, that doesn't mean you're holding out hope or in contact with someone or still, you know, well, we just text, we just talk. That's, your, your mind is on them. Clear that out. Say, I'm going to trust. If I really trust God has a great plan for my life, if I really trust you, God, then it's just me and you only. Hey, I was going to get your number one talk. No, sorry, not, not right now. Hit me up in 12 months in one day. But not till then. I wouldn't even say that because then you're going to be thinking 12 months in one day. 12 months in one day. Your mind's not on Jesus. Day Jesus one year. Start serving. Don't miss church. Quit the clubs. Quit the dating apps. Join the singles life group. Then meet someone in church. Or at a church event. Like we have here, if you're a younger single, only 25 years and younger, we have something called Devo. My son Mason leads it. It's amazing. Him and his wife have great leadership. They're great people. And I want to encourage you to get involved in that if you're a young person. Um, if you, maybe you're, you say, well, I'm not anywhere near the South Texas area. You know, you can find a group like that where you live. Uh, but I, I think Life Groups is a great example of that. My daughter's off at A&M. They have something they're called Breakaway. There's literally 7,000 Christian students get together every Tuesday night. So there are places you can go to meet and be around other singles that are Christians. Uh, Christian events, those are important to do as well. And the biggest thing I would say is this, slow down. You want to speed up your life? Slow down. Slow down, put in the time with God, put in the time developing yourself, overcoming those glaring weaknesses, and then watch God do what only God can do. I'm just going to take one step towards you.
one step towards you. I don't even know, but somewhere in the world, someone else is taking one step towards you. And we're just getting closer and closer. And you'll cross our paths. That's how God works. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to encourage you during this prayer time today. I pray this message has touched your life. By the way, those who are married, here's your homework. Date your spouse. You know why? What's dating? It's data. This is why couples, when the kids leave home, they're like, we're going to get divorced. We don't even know each other more. Why? You quit dating. I continue to date my wife. You know why? There's new data every day. Because she's growing and changing, and so am I. Keep dating. If you're single, honor God. Follow these principles. Watch God do what only God can do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The foundation of a Christian marriage, of a Christian relationship, of Christian dating is Jesus himself. Do you know Jesus? Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine. Then he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to receive him. You can pray this simple prayer. You can receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Pray this with me now. Across all of our campuses, those online, just pray this prayer. You can just say this. Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you just prayed that prayer, then Christ has come in your life. No one's looking around. Right now, would you just lift your hand high? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Just hold your hand high. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our church right now. Thank you. Just hold your hand high. Thank you, Stone Oak. Hold that hand high. Thank you. We see your hand over there at Rodfield. Thank you. Just hold your hand high. Thank you, Rockport Fulton. Hold that hand high. Thank you, Padre Island. Those of you online right now, you can simply text us right now, my hands raised, or click hand raised right now. We praise God for the decision you made to give your life to Jesus. That is the foundation of everything we talk about and we do here at Church Unlimited. Father, thank you for what you're doing through your word. Thank you, God. We want to raise kids with this information. Lord, as singles, we want to live by this information. Lord, as people who are married, we want to continue to, to grow in our data by dating our spouse still, by growing closer to one another. Thank you, God, for this relationship series. Thank you, God, that, that we can become the person we're looking for. I pray your blessings over this time. I thank you, God, for your word. May we go apply it to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.